Hi everyone, welcome to the Scared Shitless Podcast, a horror podcast by someone who's very scared of horror. And that's me, my name's James. And today I'm joined with Adam, aka Roxy Horror. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so going off your name, Roxy Horror, I'm going to assume that you like horror. I've never seen a horror movie in my life. I thought so. No, I'm obsessed with horror. I've, I've grown up with horror movies, so that's kind of why the name Roxy Horror came about. My favourite movie is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, so Amazing. Roxy Horror. And you are a drag queen. I certainly, certainly am. Incredible. Well, so when you were growing up, like, what, which horror, like, what was your, what kind of shaped your life? Like, what did you grow up with? 100% Chucky is my number one. Okay. I grew up with him. I was running around the backyard chasing my mum with a freaking <laughs> toothpick thing, whatever they're called, um, like saying, a, I'm, a tooth- I'm Chucky. A little play. toothpick? No, a chisel. A toothpick, what am I saying? <laughs> I was thinking an ice pick. Okay. But it was a chisel. It was a, a, chisel. Ba- a bloody chisel. Yeah. Um, so we knew something was wrong then, but no, I've always, always loved horror movies. Love Chucky from the beginning. Um, Tiffany is pretty much why I do drag. Oh, stunning. Like she is the prettiest doll. Actually, listening to your podcast before, yeah. you said something in your first podcast, which was sequels are never as good as the first horror movies. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Now look, I do agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah. However, Bride of Chucky is okay. my favorite Charles Play Chucky movie in the franchise. So the point I was making, mm-hmm, thank you very much, mm-hmm. is that I feel like when the sequels come out, rare, more often than not, you have to agree, they usually just like are money grabbers. 100%. You know, but 100%. then sometimes stories do need a little bit extra. Rarely though. I do. Very rarely. You mean a lot of the time they do ruin the story. For sure. Um, in this case, I just became so obsessed with such a campy horror movie with a gay character in For it sure. that I didn't even realize why I loved it. Yeah. Um, being a Chucky fan from the beginning, as in, like, if I watched it, I would probably be like, what is this? What is this? <laughs> so I get it. But for me personally, like, that's the fourth installment and it's my yeah. favourite, favourite Have program. you seen the remake? I certainly have. What did you think? Very different to the Charles play. Because it's like, I know. they've made it really modern. Like, isn't it like something to do with an iPhone? It's, yeah, it's all, oh, not an iPhone. It's all, um, like, he controls everything. So he can control iPhones. He can control um, speakers, he can control literally... Chucky does? Chucky does, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's this whole um, company called Auslan, yeah. and they develop a Chucky doll, which is kind of like Alexa, but for the gotcha. house. So um, it's a kid's friend, does everything. Mm. This particular one was tampered with by a... Uh, <laughs> I wish, no, by a sad factory worker who commits oh. suicide. Oh. Spoiler, but it's in the first, like, two minutes of the movie. Um, but anyway, tampered with him, and then he goes crazy and... And, and then, kills people. Then it gets scary. It's very different. It's very modern for a new mm. generation. I will take it as another version of Chucky, so you've got mm. to see it like that. But yeah. if it's got nothing on the old ones, in my opinion, yeah. I just do do enjoy Chucky. Honestly, like, I, I'm always very apprehensive with remakes as well. I've only seen, like, uh, I watched one recently... It was remake. Oh, the last house on the left. Yes, because that's the an original. Remake yeah, yeah. The original I have seen. I like the remake a lot. Have you seen the original? Ah, but I really like the remake too. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. But you got to remember too. Like I think that that comes from that the first one came out in the seventies. Sure. I think it yeah, was. Yeah. So for that time, that would have been scary. Yeah. Now, because I was a horror fan growing up, I had seen the first the first one when I was like seventeen. Yeah. Which actually petrified me as so, a kid. Same, scared it, me it too. Scared me I watched it because it was real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. As an adult, and I watched the remake, I thought it was phenomenal. I mm. thought it was done really well. It's a very, very cringy movie. It's uncomfortable very. to watch, yeah. but it's it's a very, very strong movie. It's, it holds sure. up. Um, and that's the kind of horror I really like that's not <clears throat> heavily relying on, like, fiction. It's like, that could, like... Actually in, in a way, it could happen. And, like, I find... 
anything with revenge, I would I fucking love. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite theme. That's why I love Tarantino. So I love much. yeah. I love yeah. seeing the protagonists get back, like especially they, female. Especially oh, god, yeah. female. God, yeah, you are like, rooting um, for them so bad. I spit on your grave. Yeah. Oh, they are so uncomfortable to watch. So, so uncomfortable. Like so much so where I have watched them all because I feel like as a horror fan, you have to watch every movie you, you can. Yeah. Um, I have yet to find an excuse to come back and rewatch them ones, mm. mainly because they were a lot to watch. They are heavy. It's nothing like Saw where it's bloody and gory. I can sit through them a hundred yeah. times over. But when it's something that is of that topic, it just was, it, they really dealt with it in a very mm. full frontal, in your face way that makes you uncomfortable as a viewer. Mm. I think, you know, when a lot of movies that deal with, because um, it's it's rape, yeah. like any any film that deals with sexual violence, rape or assault, it's like, especially I Spit on Your Grave, they don't sugarcoat it. They make mm. it, it's it's fucking horrifying and violent and scary and, like, that's what they show you, you know. They're that's what the, makes it horror. That's what makes it horror you, and that's yeah. what makes it so hard to watch. But then when the film takes that turn, which I don't want to spoil, if yeah. you haven't seen it, like, shame on you. Yeah. It's been out for yeah. so long. <laughs> yeah, and the um, remake's been out for so long as well. Yeah, oh, but right. the, the revenge part just makes it that much more satisfying. Yeah. Um, which I love. Okay, so... This part of the podcast, mm. I like to ask my guests, um, because we, I have a main story that I'm going to tell you very soon, yep. but I want to know about your stories and if you have anything spooky that's happened or something just scary, anything that has like just fuck, fucked with you a bit or any anything. Like, do you have anything scary that's happened in your life? <laughs> like, so, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be kind of shook if you had nothing. <laughs> um, actually, nothing scares me. Nothing. No, <laughs> I... Um, when you asked me to do this podcast, I was trying to rack my brain and think, like, what is something that's that's a good story that is actually scary mm. that, that got me? Um, and I was really trying to think down the route of what people traditionally think is scary. Like, I, I was thinking, like, horror movie, typical mm. things. But, and I'm like, nothing like that has actually happened to me. Mm. Um, but uh, upon reflection, something terrifying happened to me when I was 16 years old. Mm. Not paranormal, totally real, but I think this is a good way to tell, talk about it. Absolutely. So um, when I was 16, I was talking, I was on Morganic, which is a gay meeting site for 16-year-olds, uh, sorry, it was like 15 to 21-year-olds, tw- so I think like it was. Grindr. Before Grinder, it was all like a forum-based chat thing online. Online, okay, yeah. All online through Morganic. It was literally all aimed at young kids. Okay. Um, heavily monitored, heavily moderated. Um, it was a way for me to talk to people when I was 16 about being gay because there was no one in Penrith when I was mm. that young to talk about that. Um, one guy Penrith I was talking is just to, like, yeah. Anyone that doesn't know, Penrith is a small, smallish city. Yeah, small rural city in Western Sydney. Um, a lot like, you know, it's a, it's a rough area at that, okay. the best way to put it, okay. you know. Um, I still have lots of friends and family in Penrith. I, I love Penrith, don't take me wrong. Yeah, I'm from yeah. the Rift, mate. But at the end of the day, it's a rough area. I was yeah. exposed to a lot of things that I don't think you would be exposed to in other areas, you know. Um, but anyway, I was talking to this person on Morganic, and I only talked to him that, that afternoon. This was stupid 16-year-old Adam. I lived near a KFC, and he happened to say he was heading towards that KFC. So I said, let's meet up. He was very keen. Um, I didn't have a profile picture of him. My profile mm-hmm. picture was up. Didn't have his age. How old were you? I was 16. And this how was, old did he say he was? Uh, I honestly don't remember, but it okay. wasn't anything that flagged me to okay, anything. Okay, you weren't like 50. No, no, he no. Didn't, know, didn't say I was 50 or anything like that. Okay. Um, anyway, so he agreed to meet up with me, and I went to my parents and said, all right, I'm going to KFC, and they were making dinner. They are like, no, you're not. You're not going to KFC. And I was like, yes, I am. Bye. Dad got really mad at me. Mm. Um, I slammed the door, walked off to KFC. 
It took me like a minute to walk there. It was just around the corner. Okay. Longer to drive. Anyway, um, the guy was already there. So I get in the car and he was much older than I expected him to be for one. Um, and he didn't say anything out of the ordinary. It was like, hello, how are you going? And kind of got me in the car. I sat in the car. He closed the visor and then he locked the doors and he grabbed me. He didn't, he didn't do anything to me because uh, like literally James mm. something or someone was watching over me because the moment that he like kind of went for anything that made me uncomfortable in that respect mm. after he locked all the doors he locked me in the car mm. uh, my dad rang <gasps> I answered the phone straight away and I was like yeah I'm just a KFC in the parking lot because I was panicking mm. like I was panicking um he's like I'm coming to get you right now you don't just leave the house like that ah! so uh, something that would have scared the shit out of me fighting with my dad yeah. ends up being my savior. I'm yeah. so glad that I told him I was going and slammed that door because I honestly don't know what would have happened to me at 16 year old Adam. Yeah. He, w- I would say the guy would have been probably 35, give or take. Yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as I got in the car, something was wrong. Yeah. I knew something was wrong, but I knew I'd fucked up and I had no way of getting myself out of it. Yeah. Had I not told my parents, I may not be here today. Yeah. Something bad might have happened. Maybe nothing would have happened. Yeah. But that situation that now as a 30 year old, I am still, so it was 14 years ago. Yeah. I still panic about, not like I'm not in a, oh my God, oh my God. But I always think like, what, what could have happened? For sure. You know, it's something that was scary to me. I've always thought about that. I think that. like. Such a good point. This is like something that we, me and JJ talked about in episode one, like listening to your gut, like your gut, like that feeling you get yep. when something's fucking wrong. And like, now that you're thinking about it now at 30, mm-hmm. like that feeling is still there. Like your subconscious wants you to remember that, that yes. story yep. because you have no idea what could have happened to you nope. or how you could have ended up. And I think, um, <clears throat> 16 year old Adam was a bit more like, Oh, I don't care. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I can hold my own. But as soon as I was put in a situation where, okay, I'm locked in the car, this guy's like grabbing me, I am, well, I don't know what to do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so thank God that, that dad called that because that was literally like, literally what saved me. Oh. Um, in saying that, um, that reminds me of a film called Megan is Missing. Have you heard of the <gasps> I movie? I have, I've seen it. Oh my goodness. That mm. movie is one movie that has stuck with me for life. It's and very intense. It, I won't give anything away, yeah. but... I highly think that film needs to be played at every single I high agree. school. I agree. Because it's something that will stick with them children forever. I For saw sure. it as a 20-something-year-old man, and it still yeah. shook me to my core. Um, the end scene yeah. is the part that I'm talking about in particular. Yeah. But think, you need to watch the yeah. whole movie to get that. The film. internet is just fucking... It's terrifying. Like For me as well, Like I've had my experiences with um, strangers on the internet, and like it's just something that is so... It's happened so quickly, you know, like the internet has grown and shaped very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that a lot of people say like kids shouldn't be on social media and things like that. But I think that it's really good that it teaches them the safety of of the internet and how to be safe. And it creates conversations, which I think is really good. But when I was a kid, even growing up with like dial up internet, like I'm 26, um, when I was younger, like. I'd go on like Habbo Hotel, for example, to yeah, get them. But yeah. I had no idea who these people were. Yep. I had no idea who I was sharing and my time with. This is what's scary about the internet. And one thing that we really aren't educated on in what mm. you're saying, when we grew up, we grew up in a time where you met people, you met people places. Mm. Well, not really, sorry, when my parents grew up, they grew up in a time where they met people yeah. out. They didn't meet people online. Yeah. Everything is so anonymous online and you can show only what you want to people exactly. to see. So you might think you were talking to your best friend that you've been talking to for a couple of years online. But maybe you've never met them in person. When mm. you go to meet them, it could be completely different. Absolutely. Might, you know what I mean? You don't. People only see what you want to show online. You have yeah. complete control of that. Yeah. 
And I mean, in the drag that I do, it's same with Roxy. I show all sides of Roxy. Yeah. I generally try and show everything I do with Roxy because I have a terrible memory. And I like to, I like to literally keep everything on track yeah. somehow. I printed out my Instagram, like literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that we're in an age now where, you know, people only show what they want. So you can groom people yeah. and you can get them to believe you by talking to them online. You can be a completely different person. For sure. I agree. And there's no education in that. I don't no. believe. The, the, like it's getting better now from what I've heard from like little cousins and stuff going to school, they do have like people come to talk and like, um, you know, people coming to talk about cyber safety and things. But, um, in that there's like a whole fucking other spectrum of cyber bullying. Mm -hmm. And like, I got cyber bullied when I was young and like, there's a really fucking good documentary. I think it's called Amanda and I can't remember the name, but it's two girl names and they got bullied online. Um, and it just shows how much it can affect someone and like, yeah, the internet is just this big fucking beast. That it no one really, can control. really is. Um, but I'm glad you're alive. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm alive. Like, at the end of the day, nothing happened. Dad literally was there within a second because it was around the corner did from you, my house. How did you get out of the car? I, as soon as my dad called, yeah. the guy shooed me out of the car oh, he got before scared. my dad even got there. See, yeah. Shooed me out and drove off. See, imagine so if he didn't. Imagine. That, that, what if he drove off with me in the car? That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he panicked when he heard my dad yeah. and was like, nah, fuck this. And then no, swear as much as you want. Yeah, please. sorry about that. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> but yeah, so literally, he was like, "Yeah, fuck this," and then just uh, gunned it. Literally, pretty much pushed me out of the car. Um, but he was not trying to push me out of the car at all mm, before my dad called. You have no fucking clue. I'll never know, and that's oh, what damn. also scares me. But it was a, I'm lucky because it was a life lesson. Mm. I've been so aware about meeting people and everything like that mm. um, online and stuff. Much more cautious about yeah. who I meet, and if I do meet someone smart about it you know sure. people know i'm going somewhere yeah. literally every time if yeah. it happens you know plus you know being 30 as well you're not a fucking victim like you're not a yeah sorry. not a 16 year old boy That's who what I doesn't mean. understand yeah. life yet whereas like and thinks you know, he knows everything when you're 30 you have a bit more experience you understand these things yeah Fuck. Well, look, I am so glad you're alive because, <laughs> <laughs> and that's truly terrifying. I think a lot of people have, I'm sure anyone listening has had a, a scary experience online. I know mm. a lot of my friends have had like really scary things happen to them online where they think they're talking to someone and they're not, or like someone online is grooming them and they don't realize. And yep. so like, and then when you're an adult, you think back on it and you're like, Oh shit, was I like, mm -hmm. I could have been in a really dangerous situation there. But not even in a sexual way, even people who, like I've had friends, unfortunately, who have speaking, spoken to people online who have scammed them out of lots of money, mm. fell for someone overseas yeah. who was a fake person. Mm. Clearly, like when I saw everything, I was like, babe, yeah. how did you not see this? Yeah. Um, and I felt sorry for her because mm. I, I read the messages. I yeah. see how she was groomed. Yeah. Um, and that's not a scary thing, but that is a scary thing to lose all your money. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like that put her in a really hard situation. She yeah. thought she was helping someone out mm. and it was going to come back, but she got completely scammed. For and sure. I, you know, it's horrible. And being gay growing up as well, especially in a small town, like you're already a fucking target. Like mm -hmm. being, you have no idea if that person on the other end was someone who hated gay people 100%. and was baiting you in to kill you. Because there are stories of that happening today where people Often. in Canberra recently, someone was... Um, meeting someone on Grinder in the middle of the night in a car park and they got brutally like beat up, bashed, all of their money stolen. That's and that cool. person was super hyperphobic. And like, that's what I mean. Like we as gay people are always cautious and we yeah. always, 
going to be a target to someone just for being gay. Mm-hmm. Same with women. Same with anyone, a person of colour. It's fucking... The world is a big, scary place, and that's it why this really, podcast really exists. <laughs> Thank God this podcast Honestly, exists. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just reiterating how scary the world is and how scared I am of it. <laughs> it is a scary, scary place we live in. But you know yeah. what, though? I think we learn a lot from our experiences in life, and I think scary experiences shape us. For sure. Like, I've had so many scary experiences. From, like, rides that scare me to movies that make me uncomfortable. Me too. But... I do really think that a lot of that is why I am the way I am today. Me too. You know? Like I'm, I'm a very, I think that I'm a very cautious person. And I think that I always listen to my gut now. I've had experiences like when I was younger, about, I was about 11. I um, went to the beach with my dad and my brother and we, you know, stupid, didn't swim for between the flags. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter. We'll do our own thing. Mm. Little did you know, did I know there was a rip, I got caught yep. in a rip. I was on the edge of death. I almost yeah. died. Like, no exaggeration, almost died. It. I've had the same thing happen to my auntie. Yeah. I tried to save her because I was a freaking idiot 13-year-old. I'll yeah. help her. I got caught in the rib too. Yeah. Like, we had to get taken out of her from a lifeguard. Yeah. Um, you just remind me of another story that I just want to quickly tell you. Please, about, no, please. This is probably the scariest story of my life. Okay. It was on a ride at Wonderland. Um, do you remember Wonderland? Yeah. yeah. It's so, in it was Sydney? a Western Sydney yeah, yeah, uh, theme yeah. park that existed for years in the 80s and 90s and closed down early 2000s. Anyway, I went there a lot throughout my childhood and there was a ride called, there was three roller coasters, a big one, a medium one, and a little one. It was the medium one. I cannot remember the name of it. I feel feel like it was called the the Big Beastie. Okay. Um, I was a little bit too short to ride it, but they let me on anyway. It wasn't ridiculous. I was just under it. Yeah. Um, I got in there. They pulled our beam down. The beam didn't touch my legs. My dad was sitting in it with me. As we go up the roller coaster and go down the big bloody dip of it, I fell out <gasps> of the cart. Like, I swear to God, James, I am not joking. Where did you fall? I, I fell out. Like, I slipped the f- down the front of the cart. My dad grabbed me with both of his <gasps> arms oh and just held me and tried to pull me straight back. He got me in, but it was as I was we going down Holy the dip shit. of the beastie. Nothing happened. We didn't sue them or anything, but that is the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. So I literally thought I was going to die. I remember remember dad grabbing me and just reefing me back up through that roller coaster. And that, children, is why you make sure you were tall enough to ride (laughs) the roller coaster. I always wonder. It's worth it. Me too. I was like, it doesn't matter. Um, It matters. You can fall out of the roller coaster. But yeah. Well, rides fucking scare me <laughs> to no end. But they're like the bit, they're the closest thing to like fear on earth that you're that safe is. in. Are but you you're not safe? really safe in Are you safe? No, you're not. Literally, like, That's the fear of it though, I think. What, two years ago, a fucking group of people died in Dreamworld in Queensland on, yeah. the, on the river raft thing. That's scary. And then that the, wasn't go- even the ghost train at Luna Park back in the 70s mm-hmm. or whatever. That, like six people died, I think it was. Fuck rides. Honestly, yeah. fuck rides. I only go on the kids' rides. And I, I see. I love the thrill. <laughs> I need the big, scary I know scary you do, rides. but no, I'm not But every time it. I'm worried that I'm going to fall out of it or so, again. <laughs> <laughs> or like, that's probably why my fear of, of rides is yeah. now. Like, I'm so scared of the big roller coasters, but they're the first ones I gravitate to because I want yeah. that. It reminds yeah. me of um, Final Destination. Oh. The roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great every, movie. Every one of those movies, the, the starting scenes of each of them, yeah. I will not watch if I'm doing something that involves that. Like, if I'm flying, I won't oh, watch God, Final no, Destination no, no, 1. No, no, no. If I'm going to the roller coasters, yeah. I will not watch Final Destination 3. And that's one of the rare, like, sequels that I, like, like because they're just dumb. There's nothing... There's, you yeah. can't critique it. Yeah. It's Have just you stupid. all of them? All of them, yeah. So, the last one, which was the Final Destination... Was that the race car one? Or was that was the, the second last one, but that okay. was the last one. Yeah. That was supposed to be the end. And then they did the Final Destination again, like it was like another a remake. And what was the... Death? I can't... I don't want to give the spoiler, oh, okay. but the it was the second car crash on the bridge. 
Gotcha, I did so the, see that yeah. one. Yeah, so without giving spoilers, the ending of that, do you remember? Yeah. yeah. That that was no. like, come on, yeah. come on. But the ending of all of them, I'm like, come on. I know, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, they're just a bit of fun. They're campy 90s very, horror movies. Very campy. And that's why I love stupid. them. Like the faculty, it's in that realm. Yeah. I love those dumb. movies. Dumb, but fun. Dumb, but fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I am going to get on to the story. Let's and, do this. Um, so I just want to ask you, before we start, okay, no jokes. I want to preface that a lot of the names are from um, Southeast Asia, so my pronunciation is going to be off. Mm-hmm. I'm just prefacing that with you and anyone Thank listening. You. You're so welcome. Um, okay, so Chicago. We know it as a city of busy streets, skyscrapers, 2.7 million people, um, and this is a place in which Van Xiong called home, V-A-N-X-I-O-N-G, um, Van Xiong was a refugee from Laos, which is in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. His home was 8,000 miles away, but he told himself that he would never go back. In 1975, for the past two years, Laos had been locked in a horrible civil war between um, the royalists and the communists. So the royalists were pretty much people that wanted to have Laos as a monarchy, so king, queen, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And the communists were saying, no, we want to have a communist state. So there's a huge war between the two. Um, Van Xiong during this time, he lived in the, in the mountains in beautiful nature, like very much away from cities. Um, and his people were known as the Hmong. So H M O N G Hmong, I'm going to call it Hmong. Um, and they had fought on the side of the Royalists against the communists. So they were not at all for the communist state. They were all about the monarchy. Um, and because Laos was already a monarchist state, they didn't want anything to change. They were scared of war, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so during this time in the 60s, um, Laos was bombed extensively by the US. What's new? Hello. Um, in an attempt to destroy the North Vietnamese sanctions. So pretty much during the Vietnamese war, um, the US was bombing Laos yeah. because they were having trade with Vietnam. I'm not a war person. I yeah. don't know anything about I, war. I'm terrible with war. I'm trying to understand like anything. That. I get a bit confused <laughs> yes. when it comes to like who's higher, you know, yeah. in the a hierarchy of everything. I All that you need bit. to know pretty much is that um, Laos, where Van yeah. Xiong is from, his hometown was being bombed. Okay. It's fucking shit and yeah. really sad. Yeah. Um, so after a ceasefire, which means like they stopped fighting, a divide appeared between the communists and royalists. But in 1975, um, the communists took over and it became a communist state. Um, the reason I mention this is because once the communists took over, they forced all of the Hmong people out of Laos. Mm-hmm. They actually executed more than 100,000 of the Hmong people. Wow. So Van Xiong's people that lived in the mountains, they were all executed, murdered brutally um, or sent to refugee camps because yeah. they were supporting the opposite party. That's horrible. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, so the Hmong people that were able to escape uh, and they had to, to leave the mountains behind that they grew up with, um, they eventually became refugees in Thailand and then eventually from Thailand they were sent to the US and that's where Van Xiong, that's his story. He was a refugee mm-hmm. um, and was part of 35,000 refugees sent to the US as um, a, a, you know, a, a victim of war. Um, so Van Xiong began his life in Chicago, but one night... This is when it gets spooky. Mm. He was visited by someone from Laos, a spirit. 
Okay. The spirit of an old woman. The Dab Sog. It's called the Dab Sog. So D A B T S O G. Dab Sog. Dab Sog. Vang described the night in which she came and described her as a tall, white skinned female who would come and lay on top of her of he, of mm. him. And he said her weight made it hard to breathe. He would try and call out, but could only manage a whisper. He said he would try and turn on his side, but she pinned him down. And after 15 minutes, she would leave. That is, yeah, that that is very scary. Sleep paralysis. Um, That's literally what I (laughs) want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. um, I've had friends who have been through this same thing. Sleep paralysis. I have not personally experienced it, I don't think. I am so scared of ever getting this fucking thing. What happens? What am I, well, I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm going to die if I get it. I don't know how I'd ever sleep again. I don't know how I'd ever sleep. Mm. Goes, Let's talk soon. Yeah, right, Honestly, right. it gets worse. Interesting, okay. You just wait. So the fucked up fucking scary thing is that in the years that the Hmong refugees came to the US... A hundred of these, specifically the Hmong refugees, died in their sleep. A hundred of them. What? They were all men, all in their 30s, and all in good health. No. There was a pattern forming that the victim would cry out in their sleep, and they would eventually just die. All, all from the same place in Laos, all the same age, and all men. That. And, yeah. What are the odds <laughs> of that? That's It's fucking scary. And so... Was there a pandemic that we don't know about? Don't like, know. what... Mm. But they would all, so before a lot of them would die, about 60 of them, they would tell their doctor of, um, they wouldn't mention the Dabsog, the woman. Mm-hmm. They would mention that they would wake up and couldn't breathe. They would wake up and have something pressing on their chest, but they would mm. confide in their family and say, the Dabsog is here. She's coming to get me. No. And apparently, okay. so what we can say is the Dabsog technically killed these mm-hmm. hundred of these people. Um, so... People started the Hmong people in the US who were who were alive in their small communities would say that the Dabsog was angry at them for le- for abandoning their culture in in Laos and migrating to the West. So they they were saying that the spirit is angry for for abandoning not, your culture. Yeah. Um, some Hmong people even when they were living in the US turned to Christianity um, to try and cast her away, believing that if they if they uh, cast away their traditional beliefs and adopted Western ideologies, um, then the Dabsog wouldn't come anymore. And apparently some people who did adopt Christianity and say no more to my traditional beliefs, mm-hmm. she stopped visiting them and she wouldn't come anymore, which is very creepy. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So during this time, so we're still in about, we're in the early 80s now, US authorities started to notice a pattern in the deaths and it became a point of interest for psychologists and doctors in America. Mm-hmm. But autopsy showed that the men's hearts just stopped for no apparent reason and the number of people suffering cardiac diseases and malfunctions in Southeast Asia is very low because their diet is low in fat and contains very healthy and lean, clean meals. And was it, sorry, was it only men? Only it, men, men, one woman and the okay. rest were men. Interesting. Mm, it's very interesting. Mm. I have a theory, but I'm going to continue mm-hmm. and yeah. we're going to talk about it very yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the American scientists in the early 80s eventually coined this Asian death syndrome, but then eventually it got named to sudden arrhythmic death syndrome because sudden Asian death syndrome is fucking racist. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine Um, that? Honestly. Then uh, the Hmong people just called it the nightmare death. The Hmong people living in the US were terrified to go to sleep 
Some would drink huge amounts of coffee to stay awake. They would do anything they could to go to sleep. Some pretty Kruger shit. Like, well, literally. Interesting. So, but everybody would eventually, you'd have to sleep or you would die. So eventually everyone would just reset. The Hmong people saw sleeping as a risk, not as a resting thing. They would oh. see it as a risk every time. Imagine that. Every time they sleep, they think that they were going to die. So it's yeah. very scary. Um, in 1981, after 18 men died in San Francisco alone, Dr. Friedrich Eichner performed a more thorough examination on one of the bodies. Mm-hmm. And they linked, um, they, they found that the heart of, of this specific man that they autopsied, there was an electrical discharge that stopped their heart. And it's the same electrical discharge that comes when you have a nightmare. You know when you have a nightmare so bad and you wake up and you're really scared? Yes. It's that same electrical discharge that they had, but more severe and it killed them. So the doctor found that whatever it was, it was in their nightmares that were killing them pretty much. Wow. Essentially, yeah. Um, so many psychologists, doctors, sociologists, they tried to figure out why why their nightmares were so fucking terrifying that it was literally killing them. And they found that 90% of the community's elders were suffering from the illness, not the younger ones. So the offspring of the Hmong, when they yeah. would have children in the US, wouldn't experience it. It was just the original refugees that came. That came over. Um, experts say that the stress of being forced out of your country, the threat of violence and death, the pressure to provide for your entire family could have, could have been, you know, something that affected them. Like I get that, but a hundred people, a hundred people, like more than a hundred now it's 160 something that have died from this exact thing from the same place. See, that is spooky as hell. Same age, same place, mostly men. Oh, it's fucking crazy. So Mm. In 1981, the nightmares became fewer and fewer until today when they're almost unheard of completely. Had the spirit of Dabsog just given up or was she, um, you know, was it just a strange coincidence that just finally ended? Who knows? Mm. I don't know. But another interesting thing is that Wes Craven, the director of Nightmare on Elm Street, saw this story in the 80s and that's why he wrote The Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. Yeah. That's literally what it was reminding me of. That's like, what he... I was getting Nancy vibes from he ins- that. He ins- it was inspired by... This, this strange story and then just started to... Because I have watched a documentary on the making of uh, Friday... What's it called? Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday 30th. Bloody hell. It's going to kill me. Um, but uh, I heard that, yeah, a similar story, but I didn't know it was... I did not know it was to this extent. I only yeah. touched on it slightly. Yeah. And it was about a guy who was who died in his sleep. And this, it was this is what this is. That now yeah. I, it's all clicking to me It now. is. Like, and it's like all it's, making sense. A lot of people haven't heard of this story. <laughs> But no, I've so, never heard of it in this, yeah, in this depth. Yeah, it's so interesting. And um, the terrifying thing for me personally is that the dab sog has appeared in many people's experiences during the sleep, during sleep, which is called sleep paralysis all around the globe from the Japanese kanashibari, which means bound by metal, or the Scandinavian folklore of a mare that sits on your chest, or the Fijian kana tevoro, which is a demon that slowly eats eats you alive while you're asleep or in Arabic culture called the Jatum. And there's literally hundreds more. Every single culture in, in around the world has a name for this entity that comes to you when mm. you sleep. Um, so the question to me that I find interesting is this dab sog, was it culturally significant? Like, was it just a coincidence? Like what the fuck was it? Like t- sleep paralysis affects 10% of the world's population. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there's also a documentary around the nightmare, the nightmare um, which I turned off because it scared yeah. me so much. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a thing. I, I sometimes find it hard to sleep. Like my mind just goes into scary shit, shit places. So mm. like anything that like will add to that, I can't watch. And the nightmare, I understand. Fucked I'm, with yeah. me. The nightmare so freaked me out very, very oh much. Oh my god. And um, so yeah. Do you, I personally, I think that. When you, like, these people moving who are from the same place, who have very, very, like, deep and rich cultural history and mm-hmm. cultural beliefs, when they're forced out of that into, like, Western civilization, I think that, you know, the thing that baffles me is that I don't know how they're all connected, but they obviously believed in the dab song before it started happening. Yeah. And they believe that there was this vengeful spirit that would visit them. So I think that collectively they all started getting feverish sleep paralysis but who knows i want to believe that mm. it's a spirit that was angry and visited them but i have no idea we're never gonna know yeah and that's a really see, it's a really hard topic too because i think spirits are something that you either believe or you don't mm. and i think i mean i'm i'm kind of one of the odd exceptions because i am so torn mm. i i want to believe i try I, I really want to know, I want to believe there's something else out there as in, in ghosts, I, the paranormal. Yeah. But I also have yet to experience it personally. I've heard stories. Me I've either. heard people who I honestly don't think are lying to me. Yeah. Um, I've experienced some, some firsthand kind of really creepy coincidences, um, which I will tell you about. But I, yeah, I just, I'm so stuck on paranormal. So it's really hard to think that, all these hundred people died from this. For sure. However, why did a hundred people from the same culture who believed in that die that way? Exactly. So that's where it's one of those things where I'm like, the skeptic in me is like, hmm. Mm. But I'm also like, I totally see how that could have been something that was Absolutely. coming to me doing that. Absolutely. I just need the proof myself, not of this, but I want something for me to believe sure. everything. Does yeah. that make sense? I completely agree. But I'm also so scared <laughs> of whatever it's going to be. I have, you know I have I mean? always literally said, <laughs> I have always said, because I have, I'm a strong believer in um, ghosts and spirits will come to you if you want them to, mm-hmm. if you're really open to it. And let me fucking tell you, spirits and ghosts, I'm not open to you coming there to me. Go. Do yeah. not come near me. Do not touch me. Do not let me smell you. Because for a fact, I tell you for a fact my brain would crack. Mm. I would be in a mental hospital. It'd be too I'd much. Be, I'd turn into some sort of diehard Christian because <laughs> I, I can't handle the fact. <laughs> I can't handle the fact that there might be something lurking around us at all times. That fucking scares the shit out of me. Yeah. I, it, it could be, but I like I like questioning it. I don't want to know for sure. So if QAF turns into like praise AF, we know that. <laughs> we know that you have that's seen happened. I've seen a ghost. We know you've seen a ghost. Absolutely. <laughs> like okay, the only experience I've ever had in my entire life, I was. Oh, sorry. Let me, before I finish, that was the end of the story. Okay. Um, I hope you liked it. I did. It's Thanks definitely so opened up my mind more to the origins of Wes Craven's. Honestly, that's yeah. Because I, like I said, heard a little bit about yeah. it, but never knew that extent of it. There was so there's so many sleep paralysis stories that you can that we could talk about, but that's the the original one. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the one that really made it like known. Um, and it's the only time sleep paralysis has technically killed anyone. So, for me, it was like an interesting story. But okay, mm-hmm. so. The only, like, spooky experience I've ever had was I was in a car park with my friend and we were talking about 
this exact thing. Like, if you're open to the spirits, they'll come to you. So we held hands and we looked down and we're like, spirits come. Like, I was really open to it. And then I got a whiff of, of perfume. Mm. Old, old, like Chanel Number no. 5, Elizabeth mm. Arden Red Door perfume. Mm. And we both smelt it at the exact same time. And we were the only two people That's, in the car park. Yeah. And I was like, that was it. Like, that was, I didn't need any more. Yeah. I didn't need any more. I'm done. <laughs> That's enough. Thank you so much. Yeah. Go away now. Thanks. When I moved into my old house down here mm. in uh, Wollongong, um, the neighbor told me that it was an old house from like the 20s, which is true. It was. It was like rebuilt like, and everything. Yeah. Um, apparently, they used to bury babies under <gasps> the um, houses back in the 20s down what in do you Wollongong. Mean, babies. What? People would die. So, babies would die um, because of ill care it was like a one bedroom cottage oh fuck uh, it would happen often and to save on money they would bury their babies under oh them. and so like literally that's that's what happened down here that's f- um, I don't think there's a baby buried under, under my old house but <laughs> th- that's what he used to tell us anyway apparently he thought that our house was haunted mm. I didn't however um, so often now I was a non-smoker at this time I yeah. do smoke cigarettes now never smoked cigars my bedroom walked into it like maybe three times in the time I lived there in five years reeked of cigar smoke really? like reeked of it no windows were open for it to blow in there was no airflow and specifically it's cigars specifically cigars and that was something that just made me think mm, i wonder if that's mm. something because my neighbor doesn't smoke at all anything no neighbors on the other side where is cigar smoke mm. coming from why is it so strong couldn't see it just smell it could have been a coincidence but it happened like three times over the time of living there but um yeah, so I don't know. I just got the vibe of like an old man in that house. Mm. But once again, I don't know if it's me just making that up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're never going to know. And, and I don't want to know. Thank you. But I do want to know. I'm just reiterating that I don't want to know. Adam wants to know, not me. Thanks. Yeah, James doesn't <laughs> want to know. But I don't, I don't, don't hurt me, but just be like, I'm here. But just so you know, seeing you will hurt me. Like, I don't want to see you. Thank you. No, that's the thing. That's what I want. I don't want to be touched. I want to be seen. No, I can't see anything, Adam. I can't. It will freak me out so much that like... Everything will change. I'd probably quit yeah. my job. I wouldn't really. Be, I don't know what I would do. Everything would change for me. What would change for you though? Why would that change so because, much? Because then I would, I've never had the experience. So I, I would then believe in everything and I would just be obsessed with like. No, you're so right. You're so right. I'd be obsessed right. with knowing every detail of ghosts yeah. and I just can't deal with it. I don't have the time for one. Yeah. Could you imagine? That's a whole oh. other book opened on top of everything else that you did. I've already done like, this podcast. I don't have to do a fucking <laughs> ghost hunting or some shit. Um, okay. So back to sleep paralysis. Yes. Have you ever had any, have you ever had an experience like that? Me personally, I have not had a sleep paralysis experience. I am very fearful that one day it's going to happen. It's literally up there with it. Like I'm fearful of it. Hasn't happened yet. (laughs) Um, However, I used to dip into the psychic circle, which is like a Ouija board. Mm. This is going back years ago again. I went through like a big stage of it. Like mm. I was trying to make it work. I was what like is wanting... it? It's literally a um, a Ouija board, but yeah. it's not like an A, B, C, D. It's a big square board with a circle on it. Um, it's for opening up the essence of, of the higher power to talk to you. and But you can use it as a Ouija board, basically. Sure. Um, you have your little stuff that you say before. And because I'm a skeptic and I was worried still, I would say all of my like little prayer things you have to say before you start doing it and release everything at the end of it. Um, whether it did anything or not, I don't know. Mm. But I was like, it's better to be safe than be sorry. I've seen too many horror movies. Um, but one night we were doing it at my house um, and my grandparents were down from um, up the coast of Newcastle. Yeah. And... We were just being idiots with it. And I thought my cousins were pushing it because I really do think there were times where it was pushed many times. So it's got like a... So it's a little circle, circular, um, uh, like cup, 
but it's flat, yeah. so it's like a circular gem, I guess. And it's, and it's see-through, and you, it moves. Yeah, it's just okay. yeah, it's just it's literally like a weed okay, board. Sure. Um, anyway, we were doing it, asking questions. Um, and I don't honestly remember what it was saying or what it was doing. Nothing that really piqued my interest. Yeah. But all of a sudden, my granddad comes running downstairs. He's like, he, he was mad. And he's oh. not like, he. I've never seen that side of him. Um, excuse my French. He was like, whatever the fuck you're doing, stop it right <gasps> now. Um, his partner, so my, she's my grandma. She woke up with like a pressure on her chest. What? She couldn't breathe. She woke him up in, in the panic of it all. He was like what the like what the fuck's happening? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She is an avid believer in okay. things. Um he didn't know we were on the Ouija board or anything like that. He just came downstairs and blasted us for whatever <gasps> the fuck we were doing. We were literally all just on the Ouija board. That's so scary. So that made me believe it wasn't being pushed. But yeah. it was like not like I said, it was nothing that resonated with me that was being said on the board. I, I can't remember. The mm. scary thing was that my grandma was woken up with a pressure on her chest fuck. and so much so that she woke up my pop and got him upset. Like Jesus. <laughs> that was one of my only like real experiences where a Ouija board has been like, negative. oh, okay, that's yeah. real. No, yeah, no, I've ne- I personally haven't had a negative experience with a Ouija board, but I personally don't know how many of my experiences have been real with a Ouija board. Yeah. I've never ever done it alone because I'm yeah. too scared to. Same. But I've done it with people I trust, and I, it has moved. I still don't know whether it was us moving it yeah. with the tremors in our fingers. I'm I think so you have skeptical. to be alone to be completely. Yeah to be bought over yeah. and I would never do it. That's so exactly right. Maybe that's like the trick. Yeah. Or <laughs> that, like, I've always wanted to do it. It sounds so stupid and dumb because yeah. of what you've seen in horror movies, but I always wanted to do it at a cemetery. cemetery. Yeah. I feel too. like you would actually get something there. If the anywhere. Only, if anywhere, that's the place you're going to get it. Yeah. 100. Um, the only like, so I don't have sleep paralysis, thank fuck, mm-hmm. because that would just scare me so fucking much. But I've had a lot of experiences where um, I wake up and I hallucinate. So I've woken up recently. Mm. <laughs> I woke up and my blinds in my room are shutters. And in my head, so much goo was coming out of the shutters. Wow. So much goo and slime was coming into my room and eventually just filling up the room. So I had to quickly run to the shutters and close them all because all this goo was coming in. And I could see I could see it. I could feel it. Yeah. I saw it. It was like. Um, like a sparkly purple putty mm. coming into the room and I quickly shut them on and the goo, goo would stop and then I lay back down in bed and I'd get really embarrassed with myself because I'm like Did you wake up though? Or were you well I'm, I'm awake the whole time but it's like I hallucinate you've never had that? I haven't had that I'm kind of jealous of that I've also had an, this has happened my whole life I had another one where like I was probably like 10 mm. and um, I woke up out of bed and in my kitchen my brain told me there was a firecracker about to go off and I had to quickly find it before it popped. Like I had to find it. So I ran, I bolted into the kitchen out of my bed, middle of a night, probably 2am. I opened all of the cupboards trying to find this firecracker. My mum wakes up because she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing, James? What's this banging? What's this noise? (laughs) And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, this firecracker, it's about to pop. And I was covering my ears, like ready for the explosion. Wow. And she comes over and she's like, what are you, what the fuck are you talking about? And I get so embarrassed. I'm like, true. Wow. Yeah. There's no firecracker. So it's, it's like sleepwalking. It is, but, but also hallucinating Hallucin- and seeing things. So you're aware. You just aren't aware. Like I, it's weird. Crazy. It's a weird state of like, yeah. my brain is dreaming, but I'm walking and sleepwalking. Yeah. It's really bizarre, but I'm just, so glad I've never had sleep paralysis mm-hmm. because I've just heard so many stories from friends who've had it and it just to me sounds so scary from from the documentary and what I've heard apparently it just feels like 
if you if you can't see it, the the figure or whatever, you can still feel it. You can still feel this benevolent evil thing in your room. And you know what? Whenever we talked about that prior, I kind of had this like black misty thing in my head. Mm. But after watching the nightmare, I have the visions of what they show you on that thing mm. in my head as a sleep paralysis it's demon. So the black people and like yeah. the just the morphs, the it's shadows, pretty much the shadows, yeah. the shadow people. Yeah. It, it's just horrifying. It is, and like, <laughs> well, to describe what sleep paralysis is from my knowledge and what I've heard from documentaries and research is that pretty much you you wake up. Your your brain is still active. Sorry, your brain is still dreaming, but your mm-hmm. body is awake. So you can open your eyes. Well, then you have had forms of sleep paralysis, just a different... No, no, I've never had that. I'm saying that you're... No, tra- but when you woke up in your dream... Yeah, but these people are trapped. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you can't get paralysis. So you're completely it. paralyzed. No, you haven't. Yeah, had, I haven't. Yeah, no, not so sleep paralysis. No, like an idiot. so you're paralyzed. You can't move. Yeah. You can move your eyes. can't move your body. Your brain starts seeing things. So a lot of people have described a black figure at the end of their bed that mm. crawls onto them and sits on their chest. Or, I would die. I would die. Or people have seen... Um, animals in their room people have seen sometimes sometimes people haven't seen anything they feel the anger and the evilness of the spirit or whatever it is Mm. and to me the amount of people that have experienced the same thing can't be a coincidence yeah have you heard of the hat man no the hat man is a man that has people people from different parts of the world china australia america Mm. have seen during sleep paralysis so it's a man very very tall black shadow with a with a um a coat that comes up to like his collar comes up to his neck and mm-hmm. he has a wide brim hat and he stands at the end of your bed doesn't do anything he just stands there but his silhouette is very very clear and he's very angry and people have seen him from all around the world the exact same description of him but no one knows what or how that's a thing scientists have said that as a child that that image of a man with a wide brim hat is something that we see a lot in movies and things. So we mm. create it. We kind of associate it with something scary or like mysterious, like yeah, Sherlock but- Holmes and things like that, who have a jacket and a hat. But then again, it's like, how can all the people well, in different yeah. cultures... Are they just finding ways to make it sound like, you know, there's no ghost? Who knows? And that scares the shit out of me. Mm. I could never... I don't know what I would do. I've, I have a friend... Um, she said that when she... Because you get sleep paralysis when you're usually between the age of 19 and 30. That's when you're most prone. Um, okay, well, I've just almost missed the boat. Almost, so I'm, I'm still hope, here, so I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently you get it if you're lying on your back and if you're very, very, very tired before you go to sleep. So it's like when your heart rate is at a certain, at a certain place and your brain is at a certain place, it all just kind of matches up and you just get it. Mm. But um, she said that she was at a sleepover and she got it in the morning during the day so when she woke up oh, no. she was laying on the on the um on a lounge and all of her friends were on the floor and she was laying on her back and she her, her eyes opened but she could she was paralyzed and a parrot landed on her chest with human teeth mm. that was trying to bite her face no. for one hour straight no. she said that when she would close her eyes because she was scared of it she could still feel the air of it trying to bite her so even mm. if she had her eyes closed, she was still like, it's still there. It's, so I might as well look at it. For an hour, she was uh, tortured by this parrot with human with teeth. Human teeth. Eventually, she broke out of the paralysis, leaped over her oh friends and ran down the street calling her mom crying. 
Yeah. See, that's horrifying. That's so scary. Like, but but see, I think everyone's sleep paralysis demon would be something different. I agree. So maybe she has some a fear of a dentist. Like, I don't think she's a fear of a dentist and or birds. Or fear of birds. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. So that's my. I don't know what mine would be. It's bit not because like with nightmares and dreams, everyone's completely different and unique. Mm-hmm. So I think that your brain would literally create and conjure something that you're afraid of. For me, it would would be as simple as a black figure at the end of my bed. Yeah. It would be as but simple I agree. as... I thought that would be just... That would be more scary for me than seeing something. Sure, you know I agree. I mean? The unknown is yeah. what really gets me. Absolutely. Like, when feeling. you're watching a horror movie and you don't see the protagonist or you get glimpses of it in little pieces, mm. the mystery is there and you put it all together in your head yourself. And yeah. I think each person... It's clever when you, do, when you watch movies like that because each person has different ideas of what is scary. Yeah. So, you know, when you don't desc- when you don't describe the character, you just kind of give them ideas, you will fill in the blanks, I'll fill in the blanks yeah. for your scariness and for my yeah. scariness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's, I think it's, yeah, very clever when they do that. Well, if them. anybody listening has had any sleep paralysis experiences, please let me know. Like, send me an Instagram message, um, which is scared shitless, but the... Oh, I can't... I cannot describe it. Scared shitless, <laughs> but the I in shitless is just a full stop. So it's like scared sh dot less. So scared sh H dot T. Plus. Less. <laughs> I'm going to change it. I'll probably change it eventually, but that's what it is. Send me a DM. Let me know if you have had it because I'm so fascinated by it. Mm. But it's also one of those things that I'm scared that like if I talk about it too much... That's going to happen It'll to happen. you. That is, that's what, even when you started talking about it today, when you yeah. started reading that story, I was like, great. What was the, what was that lady's name? The Dab Sog. Now Dab Sog's going to come and get me because I've opened up my mind to that. <laughs> Literally in that so, sense, I get scared of her. Yeah. If I talk about <clears throat> something too much, I'll will it to happen. Yes. So look, sleep paralysis demons, don't hit me up. Don't come near me. Yeah, Dabsog, I'm 30. <laughs> Give me this last year. Just don't... Like, Dabsog, yeah, we don't want you here. No, Gal, no. Do your own thing. Um, when you said Dabsog, but when you described her, like the the like lady in the white dress and everything, yeah. have you seen that video? I don't know what it is or where it's from. It's two guys driving and there's a lady in a white dress with in the middle of the road, in the middle of nowhere, and she's like going like crooked back and forth like like walking towards the car what? and they start like reversing the car and start screaming. And then she starts kind of running at the car and they're like, like, it's not a joke. They're legitimately like, ah, ah, like, like what? horrific screams as they drive away from whatever this thing is. Was it dab song? I, I feel like it was. <laughs> we will, I'll, we'll put a link to somewhere if you can, That's because so I, that video was horrifying. Everyone needs to see it. Are they American? No, no. Um, I honestly don't know what language it is. It's a foreign oh. country and I feel like it's, um, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm so That's illiterate. So scary. But it it is what it was a horrifying. <gasps> I horrifying. love those videos though so much. And I, but some of them are so unexplained. I'm like, you're either a I really agree. good photographer, videographer, and you made me really uncomfortable. I've just seen something that I never want to see in my entire <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, same. Do you know, that's a hard thing. With would you some like? Artists. We know what I would like to do, but I'm also would be scared. Would you ever want to see? My dream would be to see someone else's nightmares as if like as if on the screen. Like I, to see because no yes, matter how hard yes, I try times, yes. to describe my dreams, you can't nightmares, describe can't. what you've seen. And I wish I could just show it. It's oh, yes, yeah. you've just like hit the nail on the head with yeah. that. It's there needs to be like a dream interpreter that literally displays what you saw. Absolutely. Because I have tried to explain things in my dreams that are unexplainable yeah. unless you have seen it. For sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's why dreams are special too. And because they're, they're so like and they're so unique to every single person. That's why I would love to see like when I watched the nightmare. It did. It was. It seemed like it was the perfect representation of what sleep paralysis was yeah. like. From the music to yeah, the lighting, was, yes, everything they did in that well. film made me so uncomfortable that I had to turn it off because yeah. I was so scared. And like, 
horror films scare me. Like, I'm scared. Like, it's fine. But never turn them off. I don't no. ever turn movies off. And that's the one movie that I can say, the only horror movie I've ever turned off. But you're still fine. You've never turned a horror movie off because that's a documentary. <laughs> like, at the end of True. the day, they put it in the horror movie categories because it is horrifying. It is horrifying. It is, it's a documentary. True, you're right. Um, so you're not going to go watch... It's not like watching The Conjuring, which you can sit through, <gasps> which, which is a fantastic movie. It's incredible. Um, but it's it's something that is factual and yeah. real, and I think that's why it is scarier. Absolutely, I find myself watching Forensic Files all the time because so I'm so intrigued, but I'm horrified by the yeah. stories. I'm so scared of like your last week's podcast, mm. JJ story. That is my that is literally yeah. my biggest fear. Yeah. My two biggest fears are home invasion and death. Yeah, like I'm not scared of spiders. I'm not scared of bugs. I'm not scared of mm. a clown. I am scared of home invasion. And Evil I, people. Yeah, literally. yeah. I'm scared of the reality, For sure. the realness. And we all are, and that's like, that's that's the scary thing. I think sleep paralysis is one of those things that it's real. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like you don't you don't have to believe in ghosts, but sleep paralysis can happen to you. Yeah, exactly. And, and it that's... does happen to skeptics. It happens to people that don't believe in ghosts. Yeah. They will just have a horrible experience where they can't move and mm-hmm. they have a pressure on their chest I've talked to like middle aged men who are like 40 and like oh yeah one morning couldn't wake up fucking got yeah. the fucking thing on my chest like that's how you do every what the like, fuck yeah, like you can't just like to me that <laughs> would change my life yeah, yeah. but you yeah, know it's fucked um, yeah it's crazy well what a great time thanks for joining me thank you so much for having me you're so unfortunate well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you enjoy this podcast please give it a review on Apple Podcasts yeah. and if you like it share it on Spotify with your friends follow us on Instagram and I'm going to make a Facebook page very soon yes um, and I'd love to have you back sometime Adam that was great I would love to come thank back God. I love all things horror you know that baby next week I'm talking to someone who is the biggest scaredy cat. Oh. They get scared from CSI Miami. Oh, stop it. <laughs> so I love it. I can't wait to talk to them about something extra spooky that I'm going to look up. <laughs> um, but until then, thanks so much for listening. Um, and I appreciate and love you all. And thank you, Adam, for being thank on. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.